How does a video artist create and animate plants and trees to give them realistic movement and behavior, like bending to the wind or other environmental elements? And how do they make them appear so lifelike? I don't know. But in this episode, 2301, Bill and Sean Johnston, the CG Bros, will be talking about this when they answer the commonly asked question, how are plants and trees animated using CGI? On the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the CG Insider Podcast. If you're a fan of the podcast, it's really great to see you again. And if you're new to the podcast, uh, we extend a special welcome to you. In this uh, episode of the CG Insider Podcast, we'll be answering another great fan question submitted to our Ask Us Anything page at thecgbros.com, this time by Linda W. from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And uh, Linda asks, how are trees and plants animated in CGI? I'm Bill Johnston, an industry veteran specializing in 3D animation and digital VFX for folks like Activision and Sony Computer Entertainment. And I'm Sean Johnston, his brother. Oh, by the way, Happy New Year. Uh, I'm a professional CG artist and animator in the video games industry with over 28 years of experience. And today I'm currently a full-time animation director. And we're grateful to be your host for this edition of the CG Insider Podcast because it's a super cool question. And by the end of our discussion today, you'll not only know how trees and plants and grass are animated in, in CGI, but you'll also learn some of the different approaches that have been used in the past and the new techniques that are being used today as well as some of the new techniques that are actually, you know, in real time, actually. So stay tuned until the end of our podcast. We'll be giving uh, you our take on some of the best tools and software out there to achieve uh, some realistic foliage animation of your own. And uh, so, again, thanks, Linda, for your question. Bill, you want to go through some of the background? And I can actually, I have some, actually, I have a video I want to show, too. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, this is, a, here's a, a CGI animation from our channel, the CG Bros YouTube channel, um, and it's called Bloom, and it's a it's it's a really great, uh, really nice nice animation uh, done. It's not a brand new animation, but it's it's really well done animation, and you can see some of the sophistication and some of the you know ma- you know what makes you know CG animation beautiful. Um, Boy, that water and the and the leaves while it's growing that uh, plant is is absolutely stunning. It's in a dark room with. Uh, Light shining through it and water dripping from the top. Wow, amazing! Yeah, and it's it's just you know people don't consider how how are these things animated. And that's what uh, the question stems from today. Is you no know, pun intended. <laughs> uh, you know how how is this done? Uh, not just the water simulation, but the plant growing, and that's typically how CG is used. Is to to do t- at least in the you know primarily I, I think uh, is to create time lapse animation of plants. Yeah, a lot of them will be growing. Uh, you know, you could have vines growing, plants growing, trees growing, leaves coming out of those things. I think going back to the background of, of when we first started in the industry, uh, we like to do that because we like to date ourselves. But I'll go back and, and I remember seeing how, how, how bad the trees looked in artificial plants. I mean, it, it, they look obviously computer generated versus today's realism that you see a lot. Um, I have, a, I have a, a video that I like to to show quickly bill as well as this this is from 1990 to kind of give you an idea of what we were dealing with back then and these are done this is rendered with a high-end um system not not a pc so check this out it's called uh panspermia um from 1990 and it's basically the the first artificial plant evolution animation um very similar to a, a movie that came out in that time that kind of inspired uh bill and i uh called beyond the mind's eye 
uh, or the mind's eye and then beyond the mind's eye after that on VHS. And looking at this, it's basically a pod that goes through space, lands on, on the planet and starts growing. And so when it lands here, which I thought was really cool back then too, I, I, I wish I knew which system they were working uh, to actually, and I don't know if it was any SGI or Wavefront at that time, but uh, looking at this plant, you'll see it growing. And this is, a, this is what I'm talking about. It's very, very simple, a lot of primitives. Um, it right there just it blew up and it's actually created more pods out there. And then it, you'll see it start to grow right here quickly. Um, they almost look like cactus. And like you're saying, Bill, um, you know, particle dynamic systems and particle systems that they were using at this time were very, very um, new. Um, and it was very, very simple geometry. I mean, that one actually, that looks kind of rooty or kind of uh, unfurling. Those are actually look pretty good for back then, right? 1990? Wow. Not bad. And those ferns mm -hmm. are pretty cool. And here, you know, see, you know, here's, here's an actual real fern. And you can see how those <laughs> grow. And as we're trying to, to, to really emulate, you know, when we animate plants and trees and stuff, animate what's going on in nature. And this is, of course, what, you know, I was mentioning, you know, the, the, what time, you know, time lapse is tech is typically, you know, what CG is, is good at, you know, simulating. Uh, but this is not time lapse. This is real. And you can actually see, you know, compared to the fern animation you showed, it's very similar. But of course, there are subtle differences in, in, in how, you know, things actually animate in real life. Animating trees and vegetation in real life, you know, it's always been a challenge to get it. You know, and you talked about realism. Uh, that's a that's a relative term in, in a lot of ways. You know, does it look real or does it feel real or do you do you do you get the imp you know is it is it that that's really it? Does it look real? You know, photo real, I guess is kind of a better way to put that. Or does it feel real? You know, does it you know even for stylistic you know plants and and, and trees and stuff like that. And it's so you know it's just it's complicated because that you know every plant as you can see every plant moves in different. Uh, and unique ways and depending on you know, the species or the scale of the plants and of course you know forces that are affecting the plants themselves uh, you know you'll you'll want to choose to animate them different ways right and there's a lot of dynamic simulations and particle systems i was telling you to achieve the motions that you uh, that i was sh showing in that 1990 film um, but like you said the complexity um, almost the fibonacci numbers of you look at the of, of a plant and it and it kind of um you know, almost we were talking about fractals uh, before in some of our previous podcasts, the complexity mm -hmm. of it, but the simplicity too of how it repeats. These things repeat, repeat, repeat. And then, um, you know, you, they, they're generated obviously in the computer today where you can actually do L systems and um, actually have them go grow along splines. Um, there's um, uh, procedural, uh, which are basically, you know, using mathematical equations to grow things and, and tweak things. And then you've got, um, now up to, uh, where you're do using scanned, actual scanned leaves, uh, trunks and, and trees. Um, and, and like you're saying about the rendering and achieving realism and, uh, believability, uh, there's also that rendering that's taken into effect back then, I believe, you know, 1990, we didn't have the rendering capability we have today where things can have translucency and you can render things very, very quickly. In fact, in real time versus yeah, subsurface scattering and stuff. Yeah. Like that. All of that. Yes. Um, and then, you know, how I would do it, animating a, a, a tree or a plant back then, I would, I would take pictures. I would take as many, that was the thing. There was, there was a bunch of limitations back then because you didn't, you, the computer memory was so small at that point that you, 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 you could, and we didn't have the high definition cameras that you could take uh, images of today, you know, up to, I don't know what it is up to now, eight, 10, 10 K. I don't know. But anyway, you get these, you know, 640 by 480 images, or if you're lucky, maybe um, 
1920, 1080 or whatever. And you would use that as a texture map uh, with a, with a, uh, uh, an alpha. And then you would use that as your leaves because you couldn't render um, all of the, the polygons you wanted to, that a normal tree would have. I mean, that's where you'd have those levels of detail. Um, but back then it was basically level zero <laughs> or level one because yeah. it was so com complex and you would never get the lighting and you couldn't animate the, the leaves um, actually behaving unless I think you're going to show something in a minute where we actually use space warps in, in 3d studio max or lattice systems that, that moved, you know, you would, that's how I would animate Bill is, is I would take a lattice system or a bone system and rig it up that way and just have it, uh, you know, paint the vertices uh, and then actually, you know, have those influenced by the lattices on top of that and try and make it look semi-real to make it, you know, to fool your eye a little bit. But back then, I mean, uh, yeah, people I mean, there's, a lot of there's a lot of physics at play. And you're right. This here's an example of, of a, a tree model that's animated basically using that the, the, the technique that you're talking about, or, you know, modify deformers or modifiers and max. Uh, but basically, you know, we used to put noise, to, you know, use, create a noise deformer on space that. Space warps, that, that yeah. was Space warps. That, that's, that's how we used to do it. And this was, this actually passed, you know, for animation, because as you said, you know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, when we're talking about level of detail, I mean, before you can animate uh, something, you have to model it. And, and, you know, it, it, like you said, there's that, that has, that's determined how many points you have, how many polygons you have, you know, what's, what's the, the weight of your model? I mean, because you have to animate all those surfaces uh, and, you know, have them deform properly, you know, and you have to have the right enough resolution, you know, uh, ge geometry under, undergirding your deformation to make sure that it, it can bend naturally, say, or, you know, and maintain its volume, you know, while it's moving around, you know, it doesn't pop or the textures right. don't you know shift or get artifacts or you know they just bend in an, an unnatural way or acting unnaturally you have to have enough geo there to support it so you know we used to just have cards and have textures like, like you said leaves that's how it was done was we'd have a, a card and we would just basically put leaves on a card and and uh you know instance that card uh, along the the trunk and branch geometry and uh maybe put a jiggle performer on them uh, right. But, you know, it really depends on how close you are to the trees and, and you know, the, the type of animation technique you'll, you'll use. I mean, there's we haven't really talked about simulation yet. And, you know, back when we were starting out, there was no such thing as simulation. Very. Yeah, very. I mean, there was particle systems. I think Sandblaster for 3D Studio Max back in the day. Um, but but that's that image you show, that example, I, I, if I was doing full time or, you know, real time cinematic, not real time cinematic, cinematics that are pre-rendered, not not real time as today. Um, you would basically, I would subdivide that thing you showed and have a multiple deformers on sections of that thing to make it, you know, look like it wasn't one thing undulating at the same time, uh, which looks unrealistic. And a lot yeah. of it was, you know, because you're, you you want to use it in games, but in that respect, um, you know, I would probably, because of, of the game engines, we'd want to have it all rigged with bones in different sections. Uh, in fact, and that, that's probably because yeah. uh, because you're using well, like in games, you you have. I mean, we've talked about you know, and the, you know one tree. I mean, your geo geometry for one tree. When you think of, about you know having thousands of trees, hundreds of trees, you know uh, tens of thousands of trees. I mean, how much geometry that is. I mean, the average tree, Sean, has depending on its age um, and maturity and health, it can have up to two hundred thousand leaves per tree. Um, and so, you know, that doesn't account for all the geo for the branches and the twigs and, and, and the buds and all that stuff that you could add, to, you know, add in as well. So, you know, uh, it, it really adds up quickly. Yes. And the, you know, back in, 
in the early uh, 90s uh, when we got into this uh, this entertainment industry uh, with video games, we, we used things like, uh, I was using Max predominantly, I didn't use Maya until later on, but TreeStorm uh, by Onyx Computing in 1992, they, they at the time, I was, when I first saw it, um, I went to their website just recently. Um, they haven't upgraded it in a while, so it looks like an early 1990s website. Um, really kind of those those creepy looking buttons and, you know, <laughs> it was really weird. Anyway, I went back there just for this uh, this uh, podcast. But that that Onyx computer or a computing um, located in, in Cambridge, Massachusetts, actually developed um, this um, program that you would actually use. It was a plug-in for 3D Studio Max in 1988 that released um, that you can actually have trees blowing in the wind and you had branches and the leaves were actually animated and it was like the most amazing thing at that time because you had we hadn't seen anything like that um and graphics uh, enthusiasts all over the world were so excited when that was released for 3d studio max and um a lot of people in the movies industry as well so um it, it's, it hasn't been that long i mean today i just i look at everything that's going on and it's and it's just um there's really nothing you can't do today on the computer in, in real time. And as a matter of fact, we'll show you examples of that. Yeah. So if you wanted to rig a tree, Sean, say like a, a stylized tree um, and you want to animate, you want to animate a, a stylized tree. How would you, how would you, what would be the manner? How would you animate that? What would be your. For, your for a game engine, for a game engine. Yeah. I would, I would basically, like I said, I would, I would use, I would use bones and I would, uh, it, right now, I'd probably make it as complex as possible, as many bones as I could use, uh, that the engine, you know, wouldn't uh, be taxed too much. Um, so, and I would do the cards like you're saying. I would have uh, cards for the leaves. Uh, but I mean, to the to the point now, especially if I was using more than one um, today. Now with Unreal uh, Engine, you can you can use, um, uh, gosh. The way they've got these real-time systems set up now, uh, for example, Onyx, Onyx um, Quixel, I keep saying Onyx, I mean Quixel uh, with their mega scans, trees, now they've got, um, that you can just basically download for free and um, for Unreal and experiment yourself, bring trees in there and, and you have all sorts of settings for, for wind and, um, and it's, those are models, they're high res, uh, ultra mega scan uh, models and they're, they're really fast. So that's, I mean, if I was to do it right now, I probably, if I wasn't using Unreal and we're using proprietary, I would probably try and use now maybe some of the Quixel scanned, uh, um, you know, trees and try and get those to be used. But I don't know if, you know, it's since it's a proprietary, um, if I was using a proprietary engine, I don't know. I probably would try and uh, do it my, myself brute force just to get it, get it in there. Yeah, I think well, if, if the plants or the piece, or the piece of foliage or vegetation, whatever, is going to be a you know character based, then I would imagine you'd, you'd rig it the traditional way as a, as you would a character, uh, and and that goes again to you know what what is it, you know the, what is it you're trying to create if you're trying to create a plant based character, you wouldn't use any of these. You might use them to create your models or, or something, but that again, if you're doing something stylized, you probably have a custom model, you know created and then you'd rig it up just like a character you know because you'd want the character controls because you want to emote with the character so that would that would be traditional you know character-based animation but uh you know we're as, as far as you know realistic or, or or you know realism is concerned uh some of these you know especially the onyx and and uh, uh view and some of those uh, other products i mean they're pretty effective for, for far, you know, I mean, I, I, when you saw Pirates of the Caribbean and Kong and you can see a lot of the, the vegetation in there that's that's computer generated, it's 
it, it doesn't do a lot. There aren't a lot of physics involved because when you think about it, you know, in a real tree or plant, you know, it's reacting to forces that are, that the computer just can't achieve all of those because, you know, the tree is moving randomly in irregular ways and it's, you know, they're sliding, you know, branches are sliding and grinding on each other and there's friction and uh, all sorts of, you know, stuff that we just can't calculate in a simulation. So, you know, of course the trees are self, you know, they're intersecting and passing through, you know, branches are passing through each other. Uh, but in some of the more sophisticated, you know, custom simulations, then you're, then you actually are looking at, at a, a more of a, uh, you know, real physics, you know, intensive, more uh, sophisticated physics simulations. Yes, I wonder if there's a way uh, today to use AI to animate uh, plants. It seems like AI is being used for so many different things in, in the computer. I don't know if you've come across anything where they're actually, you know, have, have a large, let's say, uh, forest of trees. And instead of uh, doing it procedurally, it's, it's based on AI. AI does a lot of the a lot of the hard work to get that done. Um, you, you mentioned Vue, Bill. I mean, Vue is basically, um, today they do have plugins, I believe, that allow you to do real-time stuff, but a lot of this growing here is is procedural. Um, they have actually a thing called plant factory uh, vegetation. So it's got procedural vegetation that they're using algorithms to generate it. And you can actually um, animate really, really well just, just using uh, right out of the box uh, uh, Vue. Uh, and it's it's by Eon Software. It's fantastic. It, it does uh, not just the plants, but you can do um, grass. You can do trees. You can do. You have got global wind and breeze, so you can animate them in it breeze. And you know you've got a lot of control up to a, you know very very granular level. Uh, this particular thing here. Just let me show you this. This tree here is is a palm tree, and you can see the the com complexity of the different wind. And they you can adjust this so you can have fine control and then you can have global and then you can combine them all together as a, as a finished um, animation and pretty pretty realistic especially if you you know you can it, this looks like a, it's almost in a almost a, um, a hurricane force winds coming through here in fact I did see somebody do, use Houdini to make a really really cool one as well um, I don't know if you have an experience doing that bill and making any plants using Houdini yeah Houdini is a quite a quite a tool for creating uh, stuff. I, I here's an example of that. Actually, I didn't create this, but uh, oh, let me let me let me bring bring that in here. Yeah, here's a here's a here's a video of uh, just uh, uh, some procedural bloom that that uh, was created at using Houdini. Uh, is it going? There we go. Um, it's just amazing because you can everything that's that's being done here is is procedural, and you're using the surface of you know determining what you know, the growth on the surface, the area that you're going to growth. You determine that, and you you place little uh, procedural plants that you create that all have their individual animations and you populate them around on your branch and you basically, uh, you know, colorize them, you know, apply your shader make, you know, apply your lights, make sure that everything's looking right. Um, and everything's procedurally based. So, you know, you have to, yeah, animate each plant individually, but then you populate the branch with all your animations and then sequence those and, you know, basically using some kind of ramp. Uh, or you know faces that you designate and use a ramp probably to 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 move across the surface. Yeah, and the the, the thing is here in in my my uh, this this Xfrog's used in Maya and I believe Max as well um, and Cinema 4D. So this particular software here is procedural. So if you're looking, I'm showing the image here of, of the procedural plants. The thing that's that that I see a benefit of the of the plants that are procedural is that they you can randomize them a lot better. So if you're using to me if you're using Let's say models can be uh, very expensive, depending on how many uh, levels of detail you have. So if you're using 
something that's procedural, yeah, it can be intensive as well, but you can have variability within those plants and trees when you're animating them. And a lot of times you'll see, um, at least early on in CG, you'll see um, trees that somebody's using one tree and they're basically scattering it across the entire surface of, 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 a, of a hillside, for example, or, or mountainside. And you look at it, you, you light it and everything else, and they all look the same. And you can rotate it slightly to kind of scatter it and, and add um, some variability to it, but it still looks... Scaling. Yeah, 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 and scaling and things like that, but they look the same. It's almost like a tiled texture that you would see. So I think procedurally, uh, procedural grown ones have that more natural look to me in my, in my view. Yeah, here's a pretty nice uh, example of uh, Unreal Engine, some procedural animation done uh, for... Uh, you know, this, this uh, a winterscape. And, you know, it's really cool about the Unreal Engine, Sean, and, and they're using Quixel Megascans. And you can see the really nice animation on the vegetation. Uh, they've their, their procedural animation is really nice, and it's really nicely controllable as well. You know, here you can even control the seasons. And that, that that's kind of another thing you can animate on, on vegetation and foliage, is you can animate the, you know, snow levels and, and the, the season right here. If we pull up the interface, you can actually just change the you know, amount of snow or, uh, you know, uh, the amount of snowfall. You can change the amount of snow on the ground. You can change the season here you can change the time of day um it's 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 all nicely controllable the amount of animation that each tree gets it's all pretty pretty controllable um and that that's kind of a nice thing about the, these real-time engines is you can actually see them and they're fast enough to i mean there's some that's the beauty of the technology sean is there's some really i mean opportunities are opening up for some really great great creative uh projects and 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 unreal is really leading the way i think in this area I agree. And then there's also Blender as well. There's a bunch of programs, uh, add-ons for Blender called, one's called GrowFX. Uh, excuse me. Uh, not that one. <laughs> there's another one that's called, um, uh, grass blades. And this particular one has, uh, you, you basically are using grass and, and, um, you can animate the grass. You can do, you know, smart, small patches. Um, you've got a lot of controllability. Um, they've got a ton of assets and then you can also use uh, vertex painting on the ground so you can have areas that are uh, not so uniform, so dirty areas that the grass is not actually uh, you know, reaching. So you, you can have a lot of customization in your, in your look. Um, and then also there's uh, this particular program where it has a tree. It's based on the same, same company. Um, it's, it's called uh, Bee Production, and they've got a thing called Tree Vegetation uh, and Tree uh, Plant Animation Library add-on which is basically 119 bucks for an individual license. And, and of course, Blender's free, so you can check that out. Um, and like you're saying about um, uh, real-time, Bill, I know you want to show something, but let me just show you this thing by Leo Torres using Unreal 5.1 that just the disc released. This right here, I mean, looking at this, this you can't tell the difference. This is real. And the lighting in real-time uh, real engine right now in a game engine, and that, that looks amazingly real doesn't it i mean the tree and the moss growing up the uh the tree all the plants super lush i couldn't yes. tell if, that this isn't real that's how crazy real time is today yeah definitely the real time real time products are, are are turning out to be quite amazing this is a real time render of uh, uh using the rtx 3080 the new nvidia card uh, just just stunning stuff i mean really subtle animation and that's really what you want so you want to feel that animation rather than you know see it but it, it all depends you know here's an example of, of uh, uh, you know far, uh, far cry uh, far cry 6 actually where they're using are they, are they what are I, they think they, I think a, they're still using crytech engine I believe okay it's, it's just a beautiful beautiful and this is a, a much it's, look at how natural that looks and how how engaging this this feels very serene very 
Very nice. Yeah, they did a great job on that. It's it's realistic. It's very realistic. I would think that that almost is a real video shot. Um, Yeah, same thing. This is just another example of the beauty of that. And of course, you can go ahead and show your avatar. That's that's show that. That's that's awesome. Oh no! I was just gonna. Yeah, here's a couple couple shots from Avatar. Some some making of uh, that they did with some vegetation, and it's it's probably one of my favorite uh, scenes in the entire movie. uh, Coming up uh, is where the uh, the battleship comes in and and, and blasts. And you know what's really interesting about about uh, the software, Sean, is is you can do it. uh, Houdini is really a strong strong candidate in the in the you know, procedural animation of, of these trees. I mean, you can custom, I mean, it's just so, so strong. And of course, if you want to go a less um, complicated route, which is, uh, you know, when I first was doing tree animation and, and they, Maya introduced uh, paint effects, uh, it was, it's, it was tremendous because you could, you know, you could add, you know, tree noise and, and wind uh, noise, wind forces to your, to your uh, vegetation. And they had, you know, you could do it, uh, you know, polygon based, uh, um, you know, models, or you could, or, mm-hmm. or car, you know, you could, I mean, your plants could have levels of detail. You could actually create them with with cards, or you could actually turn them into into actual uh, full full polygons and and have them animated. Of course, it was really heavy, but uh, but but my plant effects is definitely an option uh, for people out there to to, to use. I, I would recommend for you to use that, dudes. Yes, and lastly, um, there's there's uh, I did forgot to mention that Quixel Mega Scan trees are available right now on the Unreal Marketplace, and you can download them for free and start start adjusting those and animating them within Unreal yourself right right now. And there's tutorials on that as well, so go check that out on YouTube. Definitely, definitely. Well, we, you know, we know you're a, a fan of films that are uh, created using CGI and high levels of VFX, and that you're looking for a quick and easy and convenient way to get insider information. Because you're listening to our podcast, and if you want more inside information, it's over to you personally, right in your inbox, and you'll want to become a subscriber to the CG Bros Insider Monthly Newsletter. Uh, subscribing is free, and when you subscribe to the newsletter, you'll also receive a free membership in the CG Bros Fan Club. And each newsletter is published in the third week of each month, so uh, you know always find news and views on many things having to do with CGI and CG VFX, uh, and uh, other information uh, on the CG Bros, some cutting-edge news articles and stuff like that. So uh, just go to the cgbros.com, enter your email address, and uh, you can subscribe to that. Um, I didn't mention being... Speedtree. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I, didn't, go I ahead. didn't mention Speedtree. But Speedtree is, is also another one uh, that I wanted to show. We'll have to have a second one. But that's Speedtree has also been used in, in uh, not just the gaming industry, but a lot of films that you've seen, including Avatar that you just showed. So Star Wars, Avatar, a lot of that. So go ahead, Bill. Go ahead. I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that. No, definitely. We, this requires a follow-up podcast because there's so many great tools for creating a foliage. And we, didn't, we just touched the surface on a lot of them. Uh, we hope you learned something new that you didn't know along the way today. Uh, CG Bros believes you should learn something new every week, whether you need to or not. Uh, and if you did enjoy our talk today, uh, share it with some of your friends because we still think word of mouth is the best kind of advertising. Uh, also hit that like button too because it helps YouTube find people like you who are interested in the CGI and VFX related topics that we talk about here on the CG Insider Podcast. So um, if you've got a subject that you would like us to talk about in one of our podcasts, you can let us know. Uh, by shooting over to our website at thecgbros.com, another another punch, uh, to the About Us tab and click on uh, Ask Us Anything drop down, just like Linda did. We do these podcasts live, so you, you get the good, the bad, and the ugly, and uh, we're always looking to improve them and need your input. So please leave us a comment below, uh, because if you do, no guarantee, oh, actually, because you do, no guarantees, there's a good chance we will read it during one of our future podcasts. And just in case you didn't know, We do bring you a new cutting-edge edition of the CG Insider right here every week. 
where we discuss everything having to do with computer graphics, CGI animations, digital VFX, as well as other related and interesting topics. Oh, oh yeah, uh, definitely. You can also find our audio versions of our podcasts on all the major audio podcast platforms as well. Of course, uh, be sure to check out the CG Bros YouTube channel for your front row seat for some amazing CGI short film entertainment created by some of the most talented new media producers and VFX studios out there today. Uh, you can also find some cool VFX breakdowns and behind the scenes making ofs as well. And Sean and I are looking forward to seeing you here again for next week's podcast, where we'll be answering another great fan question. Uh, what is hard surface modeling? That should be a, a solid podcast, huh? Uh, you, you got the one-liners, man. You're so good. We'll see, you, <laughs> see you next week. Well, that's it for today. We sure hope you've enjoyed the CG Bros answer to the question, how are plants and trees animated using CGI? Thanks for being with us. If you watched us on YouTube and you enjoyed the experience, please hit the super thanks button where you can buy us a cup of coffee. And please give us a thumbs up, too. Be sure to leave a comment because we might share it on a future podcast and give you a personal shout out by name. If you're not yet following us on our channel, please hit the subscribe button. Subscribing is free and ring the bell so you'll be notified when we post our next podcast. Also, please share the video with your friends on social media. Oh, and uh, don't forget to tell all your friends that they too can enjoy the audio-only version on Spotify, 